0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this May 8th edition of Invest Talk. Justin and I are dedicated to helping you become a better money manager of your own funds, a better investor. That's our main mission here on the program and in our professional management practice as well, where investing meets real life. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's also something that can be learned. You have to work at it. You have to work within the range of your own capabilities, your own time frames, your own knowledge, but as long as we can keep expanding that skill, that knowledge level, you'll get better and better at it. You know, it's also about time and energy. How much time and energy do you have? You have to settle on a realistic approach to managing your retirement accounts, keeping them current, making choices within the range of your knowledge. So I'm here to help you sort out some of the issues. Maybe help set your priorities. Now, I hope you feel welcome to bring your questions to the table. And it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or experienced investor. Everyone is welcome. No question is too simple. There might be a lot of questions too hard for me. That's possible, but not too simple. So let's get one, Let's get to one of those questions that came in before today's program on our 24-hour listen line. The number's always the same. 888-99-CHART. You can reach us anytime.
2: Hey, how are y'all doing? My name is Alias. I just started listening to your show about a week ago because I just started setting aside for retirement and stocks about a week ago very next day, I got a podcast, and figured something educational on there. Came across y'all, and the way y'all explain things is so informative, I keep listening to y'all. The only thing is, since I'm so fresh, I really don't understand how everything pays out. Dividends, how does that pay out? I'm so clueless on how to get my money back. The only way to get my money back is to sell and then to rebuy in, or if I stay with them for a couple of years, they just automatically pay into my account. I don't know these questions. I know they're real simple questions. I would just someone like of y'all's nature, y'all explain things so well. Is there a beginner's course podcast that I can listen to? If so, please refer me. Thank you. My name is Alias.
1: Well, Alias, yes, those are all really good questions, and I'll help you answer them. When uh, You can go to a website I like a lot called Investopedia.com, Investopedia.com, and it has tutorials for beginners, tutorials, so you can start there, and Investopedia is really great. For understanding terms, you come across an investing term you don't know, they, they have a section where you just type in the term and they'll give you the definition. But the answer is a couple of your questions real quick. Dividends are are announced by the company, the CEO, the board of directors, whoever decides on the dividend, they decide. They will decide to pay a dividend, let's say, on a quarterly basis, and they cannot pay it a quarterly basis. They can pay it once a year. They can pay it once a month. It's totally up to them. Now normally they pay on a quarterly basis and they'll say we're going to spend we're going to pay 32 cents a share. So that's the dividend we're declaring and they declare it and it and you get the money and you get the money down the road they declare also an ex-dividend date. They call it an ex-dividend date. And if you own the shares by that date, you will get the dividend a few weeks later. That's how dividends are decided by the corporation. And once some companies are known for their dividends so that you can buy them knowing that they've always paid a dividend so they'll probably always pay it in the future. That kind of thing. That's how you get money paid back to you from a dividend. Okay. Now there's different stocks. Some companies pay no dividends. And generally there are, those are the growth stocks that don't pay dividends. And they they pay you by getting bigger, making more money, and the stock price goes up, and then you can sell it and realize the gain, put the money in your pocket. But that's not necessarily a good way to invest. What the way to invest is long term, thinking long term. But that's you know that I could we could sit here for hours upon hours and discuss how this works and teach you, but you just have to start somewhere, and you're starting at the proper place. Registration, by the way, registration is now open for our upcoming Wealthful webinar, so you may want to go to that. It might be over your head, but it may not. I hope everybody can join us. It's all about taking your investing skills and trying to take them to the next level. Using fundamental and technical analysis. Fundamental is all about the numbers, earnings, growth of earnings, sales, profit margins. Technical analysis, that's fundamentals of a company. Technical analysis is all about the way the stock price moves up and down. You've heard Justin and I talk about these two tools. But maybe you've been thinking it's a bit too technical for you. Well, it shouldn't be. It's not going to be. It's something you can learn. We're going to give you a good introduction to it. You're not going to be a master when the hour's up. Then don't, don't think in those terms. But you will have a good understanding of how things work. And that can open up other doors. It's a it's funny that the the knowledge of investing, you open a door, walk in, you know this, and you absorb all the knowledge in that room, and then there's 10 more doors to go through. And each one of those doors have 10 more doors. It's a never-ending learning process. One of the reasons why I like it. Now, tech on, technical analysis may appear complicated on the surface, but it really boils down to a, just supply and demand of the stock and how its price is trending. That's it. That simple. Fundamental analysis determines the health and performance of the underlying company itself. How strong fundamentally is this company? And when you look at it, your purpose, you always buy a company based on the fundamentals, not the technicals, not the price of movement. Not the price of stock, but the fundamentals of the company. Now, there are one hour, this is going to be a one hour educational event, everybody, just one hour. Uh, There's never cost. We always allow time for questions during the hour. So we're going to help you understand how to use the two methods, two most powerful analytical tools, and that's fundamentals and technical analysis. The webinar is going to be May 30th at 6.30 Pacific time. It's free, but you do need to register. To do that, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab. Our main talking point today is how to prepare for coming bear market. How do you prepare for it? And the bear market is always coming, everybody. We just don't know when. Some of the other topics I'm going to talk about. Is the retail investor the cost for all this recent volatility? Is the retail investor? Goldman Sachs thinks so. We'll talk about that. And where will the ten-year treasury top out? Remember, it went to three percent, pay three percent yield for the first time in a while, a couple weeks ago. Where will it? How high will that go? And what will be the you know, the consequences of that? And finally, four things that contribute to a longer career and later retirement. Four things that will contribute to a longer career and later retirement whether you want it or not. That's about what we're going to discuss today. The market was ended up being almost flat, being down most of the day. But by the end of the day, the Dow was up three, the NASDAQ was up two, and the S&P down one. And obviously, the, the news of the day where uh, President Trump said he we're leaving the agreement with Iran, was built into the market market didn't really care about that much nothing surprising about it they already knew so also market would have reacted it's not a surprise this is invest talk everybody i'm financial advisor steve peasley here's some words of wisdom from bill miller bill miller american investor fund manager and philanthropist great investors are not unemotional they're not unemotional but are inversely emotion. What does that mean? They get worried when the market is up and feel good when everybody <laughs> when I get worried when everybody else is not worried. That's what he's talking about. I get fearful when when them, there's an old saying uh it, you know I think I don't know if it was Warren Buffett buy when they're sellers and sell when they're buyers. Very, very true. Let's hear from you. 888-99-CHART.
0: Invest Talk continues. There are many chart patterns that investors and traders use to identify likely moves in the market. And Steve has a whole list of them for you. But for Invest Talk Insiders, sign up right now. It's free on InvestTalk.com. 888
1: 99 Let's talk to Joe and Glendale. How are you doing, Joe? Hi,
2: Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for your time.
1: Uh,
0: I had a question about uh, TAP, T-A-P. Is it a good time to jump in, or is it still dead money?
1: I don't think it's dead money. Tap, everybody. TAP is Molson Coors Brewing Company. It is a $12 billion company, so it's a big cap. Manufacturers, beer, primarily sold under the Coors Light, Coor, you know, Carling, Keystone, Filsner, and Molson brands. They make money, have always made money. They're going to grow their money. They, they are growing their earnings to $4.87 this year. That's 10% higher than last year. Another 5% next year. So it's going to be $5.12 a share next year. That's what they're going to make. And it's a $60 stock. So was at 13 PE. And their five-year range is 12 to 35. So it's at its low of its range. The bad news is that they it missed their earnings numbers. Now it wasn't terrible, miss, but it certainly hurt the stock. It went from $70 down to $60 overnight. One day. So I think Joe is setting himself up to be a great buying opportunity, especially if you don't, you know, you have patience because it pays a 2.7% dividend. That's not going away. But you're gonna have to have patience. I wouldn't buy it here. I'd wait for it to go sideways more. It's gone sideways, what, three or three or four days now? I think you gotta wait another couple of weeks. Joe, and if it starts up, that's when you would be a buyer. Not, you got to kind of wait to it shows you a little bit of strength before you buy it. But you know, I, if I owned it, I wouldn't bail out. If I wanted to buy it, I'd wait. Okay, Brent, uh, is it a magic fault, number in
2: terms it. of uh, support?
1: Uh, it, it should hold sixty dollars. If it breaks down below that, I'm not sure where it's going to go. Not sure. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate the call. Brandon Mill Valley. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you.
0: So so I'm calling about Apache today. They don't seem to have participated in the rally much. And I know they were trying to develop
2: their big find from 2016. And I'm wondering what you're thinking.
1: Okay, let's take a look at Apache Corporation, everybody. APA, engages in Exploration and Production of Crude Oil, Natural Gas, Natural Gas Globally. Uh, it is a big company, $15 billion. And um, they're going to spend a lot of money developing that, that find of theirs, Brandon. Uh, so that's going to cost them money, and eventually it's going to work out well. But your biggest problem you have with this company is that it's overvalued. They're going to make a dollar this year, and then a dollar forty-eight a share next year. Now, a dollar forty-five is a big increase from twenty-four cents the last year, but the year before they lost a dollar a share. So they're going in the right direction, but they're only going to make a dollar forty-eight next year, and it's a forty-dollar stock. That PE is huge. It's really high, and there's where you're going to have a problem. I, it doesn't have, for me, it does not have enough upside potential to be owner of that. Return equity is very low at one, and they have a lot of debt. So there's a lot of reasons why it won't do well, Brian. Uh, Brandon, I-, I think I would stay away from that. Appreciate it. All right. You're listening to Invest uh, Talk. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going
2: to take you Thank you, your Brandon.
1: Race. Okay, good luck. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. If you have a question about any money issue on your mind, it could be insurance, it could be real estate. You know, I good experience in both those areas or it could be stocks or bonds give me a call 888-99-CHART
0: this is invest talk and steve is here to help you find answers see you through the decision making process and you can reach him right now with your question
1: 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278. So, why the we want to talk about? I got several things I want to discuss on this show before we're done with the hour. And one of them is Goldman Sachs is blaming the retail investors for the current volatility we're seeing. Goldman Sachs says that retail investors make up 36% of ownership. Of stocks, but if you count the mutual funds, they own 50 percent. Okay, and so they're saying that their movement in and out of stocks, their buying and selling, is causing all the volatility, not the professionals who, uh, who are just sitting on you know on the buy and hold kind of thing. And I don't know if I'm buying this. By the way, I'm not. I'm not saying I buy this. They're saying that all their activity in brokerage firms like TD, Ameritrade, Schwab, and E-Trade, all that buying and selling is causing the market to go uh, do these wild gyrations. I think retail investors are smarter than they give them credit for. I think they realize they had a great year last year that the market has been very bullish and they're just taking some profits off the table. And becoming more cautious, realigning their portfolios to to their desired risk tolerance. Maybe they're smarter than what Goldman Sachs says, and you know they they point to this as like it's a bad thing. I, I'm not I'm not necessarily buying that. I'm just pointing it out. It's not, you know I've been around a long time here, and I won't say that that uh, retail investors are you know free of responsibility of where the market moves but the people who really move the market are professionals are you know mutual funds pension funds those people can move markets you and I individuals we don't move them nearly as impactful as they do so i'm just i think we should just take this take this as a grain of salt now I think, this moves into my next talking point, was how to protect yourself from the next bear market. I think that's what we're seeing in the retail investor. I think they're just trying to protect themselves to some degree. And I see nothing wrong with that. I, I don't see a problem with that at all. Let's go to Art mental Park. How you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I was just uh, wondering what you thought about uh, Teva at this point because uh, it's run up uh, quite a bit in the last probably three or four months now. Cause, uh, I was, um, well, it looks it.
1: it helped that Warren Buffett. It helped that Warren Buffett took a big chunk of it in the last three months. Did you see that that he was a big buyer of it? Yeah. So that helped. Uh, Teva. I wasn't in Teva Pharmaceuticals everybody. Uh, Israel developer of generic specialty and over the counter drugs and active pharmaceuticals. It's a 19 billion dollar company. We used to own the stock uh, and it fell sharply back I think it was in August or so. And we uh, we we gave up on it. It fell all the way down to like 11.50 and now it's back up to $18.90. Now that it bottomed in November. So it's taking this much time. Peaked at 21, went back to 16. Now it's back at 1890. I think it's a, it's above m- all the moving averages. Art, uh, this is where I'd be a buyer if you're going to want to get back into it. I, I, it's the world's largest drug maker. They have problems. They have new CEO, and it and they cut their dividend. So all the bad news is out there, and we know it. So I'm thinking that's why Warren Buffett bought it. He looked at the fundamentals and say this company is going to make good, strong income going forward. All it needs is good management. He's betting on the management. Okay. Yeah, because I guess the uh,
2: the last earnings, uh, the uh, CEO said that um, they're right on track to uh, save close to I think it was two billion dollars or something. So.
1: Uh, yeah, they want to pay down some of their debt. They're doing all, they're art, uh, art. They're making the right steps. They're taking the right steps. I should say you know, to try to get out of the, the, the... Remember, the previous CEO kept buying companies, buying, 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 adding, adding, adding debt to the books, trying to expand the company. And he over he overdid it. And, of course, now the company's in trouble. Now this CEO is trying to get back to their core business. All right, appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Manu in Fremont. How are you, Emmanuel? Uh Good, Steve. Thanks for
2: taking my call. I think uh, the Goldman Sachs is wrong. If you look at the movement in uh, highly valued stocks, overvalued stocks like Amazon, hundred points in a day, and billions is moved. If you see them earning, after earning it was sixteen thirty eight and dropped back mm-hmm. under. That is a hundred or two, uh, at least hundred dollar movement in the market cap. It looks like the funds are pumping the overvalued stocks, and a retail investor can't do that.
1: Yeah, man, you've heard me. You've heard me say, don't don't trust the uh, the experts. Don't 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 listen to the experts. Make your own decisions, because yeah, they the,
2: the market other things, the market Dow is moved with the Apple and Boeing.
1: Yep. Yep, they have. I agree with you. Appreciate the call, man. You thank you for the information. So, what's coming up on the next Invest Talk? Are these emerging markets a good move for investors? That will be one of the topics that's on Wednesday. As always, we're here to answer your questions on any money topic. Call me now at 888 99Chart. There
0: are two tools that serious investors Can't do without.
1: Fundamental and technical analysis. We get a lot of calls from people who want to know how to analyze companies. These two techniques
0: kind of help you look under the hood. There's competitors, there's positions in the industry, revenues, income. But you can't analyze stocks with fundamental analysis alone. Shorter-term traders rely heavily on technical analysis. That shows patterns. There are trend lines and, and moving averages. It's not as complicated as
1: it looks. It really isn't.
0: Join Invest Talks Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for this free live webinar Wednesday, May 30th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time.
1: So we're going to pack a lot on this webinar. I hope you can join us.
0: It's May 30th and it's free, using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to the next level. All you do is register. Just go to InvestTalk.com. That's InvestTalk with two T's, and. InvestTalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab. Let's get back to Invest Talk, made possible each day by KPP Financial, matching investment programs real-life situations and real people, open to questions and ready to go the extra mile to help you feel confident with your retirement plan. To learn more about KPP's investment programs, go to investtalk.com and click on the Investments tab. And now let's hear your question. 888-99-CHART is our number on Invest Talk.
1: Okay, we all know there's going to be a bear market. There always is a bear market, but no one knows when. Uh, and I'll give you some examples. Uh, I was looking at a chart today, and it had uh, was it like uh, going back all the way to 2013 to December of this last year. And there's all these quotes from people, different parts of the time frames, okay? Like uh, Henry bloggett uh, in 2000, September 2013, decent chance stocks will crash 30% in the next year. Uh-huh, didn't happen. Or Tom DeMark, we're going to have a 1929 parallel, which warns of a crash. It's preordained. That was in 2013. Early 2014, Paul Farrell. These are all very famous investors. Crash of 2014, like 1929, we'll never see it coming. Experts are always wrong. And that this, this is just, there's tons of them. All these predictions, doom and gloom. Yeah, we're going to have another bear market, sure. No question about it. So what do we do about it? Well, you prepare for it. How do you prepare for a bear market? Well, first of all, you decide how much risk you want to take And can you survive a bear market? Do you have a long-term outlook that, and you got many years after the bear market for the market to recover? Then you don't really necessarily worry about the bear market. But there are things you can do. You can do to protect yourself against a bear market or partially protect yourself or fully protect yourself. It's up to you. Now, I don't know if you remember Ray Lucia. He is a, he is a, a, a book, writer of books, he's also a money manager, but he had this theory called buckets of money and I always liked his buckets of money idea and that's where he says, okay, take your portfolio however much, uh, and, and all your assets and divide them in buckets and decide how much money in each of these buckets and each of these buckets have a different part of the investment world. One could be a real estate investment bucket one could be an insurance bucket one could be a bond bucket one could be a stock bucket you know different buckets of money okay so you decide which buckets you want to play with maybe you only want to take play with the the stock and bond bucket or just if you just want to stick with the stock that's fine too but what you can decide is, okay, uh, look, I made a lot of money in the last few years. I think it's time for me just to take a little bit less risk. So I'm going to take 25% of my money and put another bucket. Okay, now inside your bucket, <coughs> you can take different risk levels inside it. For instance, even in the stock bucket, you can own stocks that are not cyclical. So in the next recession, they don't necessarily uh, uh, the sales and earnings don't necessarily fall. You can put positions in there that are uh, that go up when all the normal stocks go down. Sometimes, like precious metals, some commodities. Uh, you can put foreign exposure in there. You know, so you, even the in, inside the individual bucket, you can take less risk if you wish. The question, the the the, the point of this is that you make the decision. And just don't let things happen. You decide for them to happen. Because if you just let them happen, then you're all shocked. Oh, why did I lose so much? Or you're all happy. Oh, look how much I made. And you really didn't make it based on any intelligent decision. You just just went along with the flow. And that's okay if you're a really long investor and you don't mind the stock market next crash. You don't mind going through it. Let's go to Daniel in Orlando. How are you doing, o Daniel? Hey, Steve. How are you doing, man? Good. Thanks for the call. Um, I'm just calling about PepsiCo.
2: I see they took a pretty large tumble. Uh, looks like they were up to like 122. and I do like their growth rate opposed to something like Coca-Cola. I was just curious what you thought about their uh, fundamentals for a long-term core holding.
1: It's a really good company for a long-term core highlight. We're talking about PepsiCo company, Pepsi, P-E-P. Manufactures a variety of salty, convenient, sweet, grain-based snacks, carbonated, non-carbonated beverages. You know, you the big competitor of Coca-Cola. This is a mega cap, $137 billion company. So this could be a core holding, Daniel, for you. It's a question of trying to mm-hmm. buy it while it's cheap. Now, it's been going down. It was at $120, now it's at $96, so you're going to get an opportunity here. This looks like an opportunity knocking to me. They're going to make $5.70 mm-hmm. this year, that's 9% more than last year, and then next year they're going to make another 7%, that's $6.12. So this stock is going to go down to about a 17 PE, and that's his five-year lows. Right now it's at 19 I think, great return on equity, I think this is where you're going to buy it. When I say this, on this downstroke, you want to kind of wait for it to be done um, with the downstroke. So you might want to wait another week or two. You want to see it go sideways at the very least, uh, 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 Daniel. Then just pick it up, okay? okay. Uh, and you not like worry about it. Put it in the your portfolio and forget about it. Yeah, put it in okay. your portfolio and just forget about it. Just leave it there. And you'll do fine. You'll do very well. Love it. It won't be like a screamer oh, you for so you. It uh, pays no problem. Pepsi, P-E-P, Paul, Edward, Paul, everybody. Let's go to Sam uh, Sampil Sam in Memphis. How are you doing? Doing good, sir. How are you doing? Sam Pill? Good. Thanks for the call. Yes, sir. So my question is about
2: day trading as a side hustle. Do you think it's acceptable to do it? Um, it's not an investment, I understand, but I, if I have to do it, well, what, what should I learn before I do it? Okay.
1: Uh, I, I would not recommend day trading. It's one of the hardest things out there to master, and very few people are successful. Most people are not successful. And day trading, everybody, is when you buy a stock and sell a stock in the same day. And there's there's different tricks to it to make, your, make, your, make it more successful. The, I tried it in the late 1990s, and I did pretty good, but not good enough for me to say, man, there's a lot of work for not that, that big of a return. Because when you're a day trader, you don't get to leave the computer screen until you're out of the position during the day. So you get in and you get out in one day. You don't hold it overnight overnight. So you look at the market in the morning. One of the things, one of the tricks is you look for volatility. You want the stock to be really volatile during a day. During a day. And how I did it, since we were in the 1990s and it was a bull market, I would look for anything that dropped sharply that had a lot of of volume overnight. So let's say a stock opened $2 below yesterday's close. That's the stock I would pay day trade. I'd buy it morning. I buy more if it goes down. If it went down more, I bought more in the morning. I'm watching the whole time. I'm dollar cost averaging down if it's going down, and then as soon as it turns up, I take my profits. That that's the principle. But I noticed when I went back and studied all my trades, I was about I was right seventy percent of the time. I was right. I was making money. But I noticed that the t- days I was wrong, I was wrong more in dollars and cents than I was right. So I had to have a high winning ratio or else I would have lost money. If it would have been 50-50, I would have lost money. So it's very, very right. difficult, okay? Just be very careful. How, how
2: much capital you if need? You're thinking this, how much capital you need if you want to try?
1: I, I would say you are gonna need you need to play with about ten to $20,000. Okay. That's what I think. If you're thinking it's time to review your retirement, but just remember, you're probably going to lose that because most day traders don't make money over any length of time. So if you're thinking it's time to review your retirement portfolio, the best way is to you know, have someone look at it, like me. This is something I do regularly, regularly for a limited number of listeners. We do it in person or, or in our offices. I also do it on the phone or Skype. I also do it in other, other California locations I have. There's no cost or obligation of any kind. To set up a time that works for both of us, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab, then Portfolio Review. By the way, I will be in San Jose on June 6th. Sometimes questions closest
0: to home are the most difficult like when to downsize or when to remodel. Our own Justin Klein is a licensed real estate consultant and would be happy to help you answer these important questions. Just click on Contact Justin on investtalk.com. He'll get back to you. 888-99-CHART,
1: 888-992-4278. So where will the 10-year treasury top out? What am I talking about? Well, you know, the 10-year Treasury U.S. government bond, is a non-risky asset, and it just recently, uh, the yield on that went to 3%, a little bit over 3%, just a 10, 3%. But that's up like from 2.5% a couple of years, a year or two years ago. So what's happening is the yield is going up because interest rates are rising, right? The Federal Reserve is pushing up rates, and that puts put, tends to push up the other rates. So the question is, and just so you know, when it, when... Interest rates rise. The theory over a long periods of time is that it slows the economy down, and that's one of the reasons why you're seeing volatility. Is because the Federal Reserve is in raising rates, and they plan on raising them four times this year, three times this year, something like that. No one knows for sure, but currently the rates are at three percent. Now, you know who uh, Jamie Dimon is. He's the CEO of JP Morgan. He thinks it's going to go to 4%. But he also says it shouldn't be a worry. Why? Why? Because raising rates does slow down the economy. Because the economy is doing very, very well. There's no real inflation. And the only reason why it would go to 4% is the economy is doing better, not worse. And inflation is starting to pick up a little bit, which would not be a necessary... A small pickup in inflation would not be a bad thing. But, as I said, this raising of rates may cause volatility, more volatility. We're seeing a lot of it. So, it's not a bad thing if the economy gets stronger and the Fed decides it needs to raise rates because it's worried about inflation getting out of control. And just so you know, Warren Buffett, the world's best investor, just recently said, long-term treasuries are a terrible investment idea. Terrible investment idea. Now, I don't know if i say terrible, but it is a terrible investment idea right now. Because you don't, this is, when bonds peak, the rates of bonds peak and start to roll over and they go down, when they start to go down, that's when you want to be a buyer and owner of bonds. Because the value of your holdings will go up as they go down, but I'm a buy-and-holder-to-maturity type of bond investor. It, you know, in our stable income portfolio and in our balanced income portfolio, the ha- the stable income is all bonds. The balanced income has half bonds and then half to paying stocks. I buy the bonds and hold them to maturity because I want them to go back to par. I want to collect my interest rate and not take hardly any risk. That's the idea. Let's get back to our 24 hour listen line and pick up another question. 888 99 chart is our anytime number.
2: Hey guys, this is Mike from Minnesota. Just want to call and ask your opinion on Planet Fitness, stock ticker PLNT. I bought this stock during its IPO a while ago at about $15, It's now up to $40. I know they have a good amount of debt and they're expanding, but I wanted to know if you guys thought this was going to be the Walmart of gyms. Now, I know other stocks such as Club. CLUB and other fitness uh, gyms in the past have failed. However, I think their business model, the franchisee model, and the low price could be good for them in the long run. Just wanted a second opinion on what you guys thought if uh, Planet Fitness was a good investment or if I should get out now.
1: Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is a $4 billion company. It's gotten up to that size. It operates 1,518 fitness centers with approximately 10.6 million members in 50 states, Puerto Rico and Canada. Planet Fitness, symbol is PLNT. It has made money since its IPO every every year. That's a that's that speaks well of the management, I'll tell you that. Um, but it is expensive. They're going to make a dollar 43 next year and that's 20% more than this year and they made a dollar 20 this year and that's 40% more than last year. But all that good news is built into the stock price. I mean, we're looking at a $40 stock going to make a forty-three. That I means what? It's a 35 PE. And it's still growing solidly. But I, if it was me, I wouldn't necessarily sell at all, but I'd take some profits off the table. Maybe half if you bought it at the IPO price way back when. Maybe half and then to hold on to the other half. Yeah especially if it's gotten out of balance with the rest of your portfolio. You know, if it's too heavy of a piece of your portfolio, then sell half, cut it back. You know, you, know, you want to sell when things are, you want to sell when there's buyers and buy, you know, the stock is still doing very well. You don't sell when there's sellers because that means it's already tanked. Are you going to wait till the tanks and then sell? Or are you in the mind you're going to hold it forever? Well, I wouldn't hold this one forever because it's, you know, it hasn't been around long enough to tell me that it's that great. But it's a good, solid company. We have time for your call as we move into the last segment of the hour, everybody. You can check in right now at 99 chart. That's C H A R T. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Join in the discussion.
0: calls on invest talk for this tuesday may 8th ghana kenya bonds issued by zambia or nigeria institutional fund managers are moving into these assets at a historical pace are these emerging markets a good move for investors that's next time you have a question for steve right now 888-99-CHART is how to reach him on invest talk 888-992-4278
1: 888-992-4278 love to talk to you we got one last segment of the radio show to go four things that could contribute to a longer career and a later retirement well these are based on statistics everybody not you know if you want to retire early you can you just got to make sure you have the money but what tends to happen these four things what tends to happen are these four things are the costs? for instance if you are, uh, if you have a college degree, and the job is less physically demanding, then you tend to stay working longer. Now it might be because you started your career later and you needed more money for retirement. That's possible, but that's one of the reasons, education. Another reason why is because of women. Women tend to retire with the men. If you're married and husband and wife, you tend to want to retire together. And if you're if you an educated couple, well, you're working longer. This tends to happen. Uh, a shift uh, a shift away from pension plans years and years and years ago, and a shift towards 401ks, 403bs, and 457s. So if you don't have a pension, you got to save and put money aside for yourself. And of course, not and everybody's very good at that. You know, you gotta be consistent and put a lot of money aside for your own retirement, and that tends to make you work longer. If you had a pension plan, you usually retire. Look at teachers. Look at airline pilots, even though some those guys are forced to retire. Look at other government workers, because they're the only ones these days that gets pensions. And when they're pensioned, they're fully invested, they stop working. That's usually the route anyways. And finally, that's three, the fourth one is Social Security. They changed the full retirement age from 65 to 67. They're probably going to change it again in not too many years. Let's go to Jose in San Francisco. How are you doing, Jose? Pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for the call.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, I, like, I have a question. Um, everyone's talking about a bear market or uh, there might be a correction in the second and third quarter. Um, is there any way an investor yes. can make money on the downturn besides just shorting stock
1: or an index besides shorting yeah okay. you can make uh, you can make money on the downturn using options I'm not. you know uh, I heard those are pretty rich yeah you could well they are but you asked you didn't ask about that <laughs> you just asked if there's a way right um, Think of me yeah as an you have to be then. pretty darn knowledgeable not really. Not really, Jose. And even then, an average investor probably shouldn't even short because you don't know when to get out of the short. It's, right. it's difficult. Let's say you get getting a short today. Okay, when do you get out? Are you going to say, I'll get out if the market corrects 10%? What if it doesn't go down at all? What if it goes up 10% in the next three months?
2: Well, I guess you put a tight stop.
1: You can put a stop on it. Then when do you get back in the short? Remember, you're trying to yeah. prevent losing money in a down market. Okay, let's say it does go down 10 percent. Do you get rid of it? The market's going down. Is it going to? What if it goes down 20 percent? You got out at 10. Do you hold on to it? I'd be happy. I'd be happy okay. with 10. <laughs> but what I, my point is is emotions start boiling in you. you. Say, "Well, gee, I've already made money. If I get out oh, right. now, maybe I'm getting out too early." You see what I'm saying? If you if you're going so you suggest, to do that, Just for a regular
2: investor, just to stay in cash, wait for the bottom, and then buy it right back
1: up. Yep. That's the easiest way to do it and doable for most people. It's just okay. because it's so difficult to know when to get out of your short. Right. It's difficult. doesn't mean you can't do it, Jose. It doesn't mean it. If you uh-huh. set up rules, strict rules for yourself, you know, if it goes, I'm going to get in the short. If it goes against me and goes up 5%, I'm getting out. If it goes down 10%, I'm getting out. I'm taking my profit. You can set rules for yourself. Wherever it is, you'll do much better. You could do it. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Jose. Good call. Thank you. Time to end the hour, everybody. reminder, you can register now for our Wealth Webinar coming up on May 30th. Taking your investing skills to the next level using fundamental and technical analysis. It's free. Just register on investtalk.com and registration is now open. Click on the Invest Talk tab. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I thank you for making this part of your day. And let's meet here again on Wednesday.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.